Hello and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. My name is Zach Martin. I'm editor of Regarding ID magazine. Today we're speaking with Terry Hartman, Vice President of Identity Solutions from Unisys, regarding a report the company released predicting security trends for 2010. But before we dive in, first a word from our sponsor. Picture a unique identity. Imagine that identity turning into one unique credential. Envision using that credential to enter facilities and log on to networks and applications. Diebold's Credential One solution mitigates the complexity and risks of managing multiple identities. Think one credential, multiple uses. Think Diebold Credential One. To learn more, visit www.credentialone.com. Well, 2009 may have seen some security projects shelved that may change in 2010. Unisys predicts a change in the security landscape, including an increased adoption of biometrics. Terry, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Terry, just to start out, you know, where do you see biometrics taking hold in 2010? I think the key area for looking at biometrics in 2010 globally is to look at airports and look at borders and border security. Electronic passports have been issued for some time now, and over 60 countries now have electronic passports, issued by countries which contain a chip in them and contain a photograph and finger print in a lot of countries of the holder of those documents. But they're not being verified at borders in more than a handful of countries. And what we're going to see in 2010 is a lot more countries piloting, investigating, and looking at verifying that the person to whom a passport was issued is in fact the person crossing the border. So yeah, I wasn't sure because it's been four or five years since electronic passports have kind of been wide issuance. And I did a story last year, and they're still not really re reading the biometric or reading the, the information on the chip yet. At most borders, they're not. There are only about five countries that right now today are reading the information on the chip to verify the identity of that holder. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things you mentioned, biometrics at the border. You also, there was also a mention about uh, taking IT to the streets um, in, in the release you guys sent out about using mobile biometric devices. Yes, because as well as biometrics at the border, we're seeing a large growth in national identity projects, particularly in Africa and Latin America. Everyone knows about the UK national ID card, of course. And in issuing those identity cards, all of those today are being biometrically enabled. They're having a face on it, usually a fingerprint as well, so that you can be sure of the identity of people. And when you go through that enrollment process, not only will you have centres for accepting enrollment, but you need to take it to regional areas and remote areas. And to make that work, you have to have portable biometric capture devices, which can be handheld and which can capture that information. What other, what else are you, you know, you talked about the biometrics. Um, what, any other trends in, in identity solutions that you see um, happening in, in 2010 outside of biometrics? Yeah, I think the use of smartphones, handheld devices like PDAs is not only on the move, it's becoming more of a norm. For a lot of people now, your cell phone is is almost like a biometric in terms of it's part of you, you're uncomfortable if you don't have it around, and it's a useful way of verifying somebody's identity. Uh, banks are starting to do it by sending text messages to people saying, um, key this number in to, as an extra check to access your bank account. And 
what we're finding is that there are other applications emerging so that, for example, by having a cell phone where you can uh, read a barcode, you could go around the shop and uh, read the barcode and get back pricing of goods in shops. Mm. You could extend that to a mobile phone being a portable boarding pass for people down the track where instead of carrying a paper boarding pass around, your cell phone could be used. All of these additional applications uh, become something that you can do when you have some intelligence in that device and you're using it and focusing it on an assumption that people will have that. To give you an example of that assumption, a recent uh, survey conducted in the airline industry showed that 96% of all passengers uh, under the survey conducted by uh, CETA held a mobile phone. Yeah, no, I I have a smartphone, and if I don't have it in my pocket, I definitely feel like I'm lost as well. <laughs> yeah, and you'll notice you've lost that before you notice you've lost your credit card. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> you, there was also the mention of cloud computing, and I was also kind of curious about the cloud computing aspect of things. Can you can you talk about that? Well, I think cloud computing cloud computing is an environment to allow customers to make. Uh, a number of cost savings about how they run their operations. And uh, what we're going to see in 2009 was really a, a year of people becoming aware of cloud computing and what it was all about. We are going to see a shift towards moving more data into the cloud and to increasing, uh, well, not so much increasing as tailoring the security to suit increasing levels of sensitivity of data within the cloud environment. So, so we will start to see that shift and we will start to see more organizations embracing uh, that technology. What information are going to be, going to be, where is cloud computing going to start? How are they going to put the information, what information is going to be put online first? I think it'll, it'll tend to be Information that is lower risk in terms of the organization. So you'll try, you'll try and you'll work things uh, in those types of environments. It'll also be where people are comfortable with an outsourced infrastructure already and where that organization uh, is maintaining uh, and introducing a cloud environment for them, then they'll have the confidence to move to that platform with the outsourcing organization looking after it for them. Terry, I'm just trying to think of, you know, those are the areas of, um, of interest to our, uh, our listeners, you know, cloud computing, security, and IT environments, and biometrics. Is, is there anything else that you see happening in 2010 that, that might be of you know, interest in the identification sector that our listeners might be interested in? Yeah, look, I think there'll be a shift in the U.S. in particular to more security around personal data, uh, credit card data, and so forth. At the moment, in the U.S., we're pretty lax in terms of how we deal with credit cards in the sense of, if you think about it, on the back of a credit card is a signature. Mm -hmm. And it's a handwritten signature, and you sign it your, um, yourself when you get the card. And it's a biometric, actually. It's meant to link the owner of that card with the card itself. But any store you go into here in the USA, nobody checks that. Nobody makes sure that card presented was presented by that person. Nobody checks the signature signed and so forth. If you contrast to that with what's happening overseas, pins are being introduced on cards to get around that particular problem. 
So just like you use a PIN to access your ATM, you now with Visa cards need to use a PIN to authorise that transaction and to have something you know, i.e. that four character or six character PIN, to say you are the owner of that card, you haven't just picked it up off the street somewhere. Okay. So protecting data in that way, both uh, in a face-to-face -face transaction and over the internet through use of credit cards, uh, keying in a PIN as well as the credit card number, that type of thing is going to need to happen here more through con consumer demand. And as people see and organisations see acceptance of this overseas, it will become demanded here in the US as well as a way of protecting that personal information and protecting the security of your credit card itself. Do you think we're going to see the first signs of, of consumers pushing for that? Who do you think is, what's, what's going to be the I think interest? we've indirectly got consumers pushing for this by demand. Uh, we also have people who, you know, it's a global world now, people travel, uh, people are frankly surprised that these kinds of controls aren't in place in the US when they're commonplace in Europe, they're being introduced in Asia Pacific. Um, and, uh, and here there seems to be a little bit of a lag in introducing this extra level of security around this type of data, and yet there are more and more credit cards around here. And I think the global financial crisis has focused people on these kinds of risks and uh, on the kind of security uh, issues with cards. Okay, great. Um, well, we have been speaking with uh, Terry Hartman from Unisys. Um, Terry, is there anything else you want to add? Otherwise, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, no, I think I'm, uh, it's uh, important that people are aware of these, just as we, from a, as an integration company, you know, look at these trends through working with our customers, through, through uh, conducting uh, consumer surveys and, and uh, surveys of the public like the Unisys Security Index that we regularly run. And those all give us an appreciation for these emerging trends and for uh, future directions that uh, people and organizations need to be aware of. Great. Well, Terry, thanks so much for joining us today.